What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surf in the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie and or TV show of all time. I am Matt Primo, joined by Josh Primo. What's up, bitches? This week, we are back to review The Sopranos. We have done all of season one. We reviewed all 13 of those episodes, and now we are moving on to season two after taking what a three-week break in between to review some some newer movies that have come out, uh, I have been eager to jump back into the series. I think we did a fantastic, I guess, plan of taking that little three weeks. I think it was perfect just to kind of reset our minds, and then now we're going back into The Sopranos, where we're going to review three episodes every week until we finish season two. So this week we are reviewing episodes one, two, and three of season two. So if you have not been following along with us or you have not seen these episodes of the TV show, then I highly recommend you push pause on this and then go do that and then come back. Shout out to that. But how are you, sir? I am good, sir. You? Uh, The the jury's still out on that one. (laughs) I feel you, man. I still have a job. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> that text I got last night is kind of surprising. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still have a job. I didn't get fired and I didn't quit. <laughs> so win-win. Yeah. But let's go ahead and jump into it, guys. But before we do that, I was just a little tease. I put you all around the edge thinking you're ready to go. But know what? It's going to be just another minute because if you like what we're doing here and you want to consider supporting us, go to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two supports any of those tiers and you get access to our discord and you can come join the shenanigans there. We do uh, movie watch alongs uh, every month. We do uh, quarterly meetups, not yearly meetups, quarterly meetups and all kinds of fun things. So come join us. Patreon.com slash two game. Now, Let's jump into The Sopranos Season 2 with episode numero uno. Guy walks into a psychiatrist's office. And I totally fucked that up because I didn't get my notes out already. Uh, oh. Several months, I know, right? Several months in the aftermath of the season one finale, Tony has assumed de facto control of the DeMeo crime family. As suddenly as he vanished, Pussy returns. Shout out. Junior is in prison and Livia is recovering from her stroke. Dr. Melfi has gone on the lamb at Tony's request. Uh, Tony's sister Janice arrives to stay at Tony's house. So what did you think of episode one there, sir? Man, I am telling you, this is my favorite season of all of them right here. And we'll see in the next couple episodes why that is. But season one starts off great. You get the introduction of Janice into the mix. And, I mean, how she likes to poke and prod at Tony and gets them all pissed off. And uh, the best thing ever is we get to see Pussy again. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) It's been a while, huh? (laughs) <laughs> and a tanned pussy at that. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, in this episode, you get to see Tony trying to uh, fix 
the relationship between him and Dr. Melfi. Yeah, she fucking wants no part of him. She's like, she's done. Yeah, she is. So I agree with you. I think this is a solid episode to start off the season. Uh, is it anywhere near the pilot episode or anywhere near like the finale of last year? No, I, I don't think it's anywhere close to that. But I, I do think it's a great episode. Uh, I definitely was not bored by it. Loved every minute of it. I, I think what this episode does, and I mean, it's a credit to to the storytelling and whatnot. And typically, this is what I mean. Every TV show, TV show should do, but they don't do it in a typical way, which is why I love this series so much. I mean, you go watch any TV series on well, TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's really this real. Said, this guy said, like any TV show on TV. <laughs> so go watch anything else, okay? Episode one is going to most of the time kind of recap what the finale was, and then they're gonna set up the villain for the entire season. And they kind of do that with this. But I feel like they do it. Uh, I don't think suspiciously is the word I'd I'd really want to use. But they they don't do it just like in your face. You know, they're not just teabagging you with with uh, who's going to be the the big bad for the season or or what the case is. They're kind of just slowly, just methodically setting the table for what's to come for the season. Uh, we got Janice, who we can kind of expect for the rest of the year. And then they also kind of fill in the gaps between season one and season two. So I, I think overall, it's just a great intro to season two overall. I agree. Uh, I forgot to mention, man, we also see uh, Philly uh, Parisi is murdered in this episode. Uh, he was one of the last few main guys of Junior's crew, and it was told to Tony that he was running his mouth about his mother and in turn Tony had him whacked <laughs> Dude, and not in a good way <laughs> <laughs> that'd been funny if pussy got him whacked <laughs> <laughs> well you know you can never go wrong when Tony hugged his pussy <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> my favorite line of Tony in this in this episode is when He's talking about uh, his mother's stroke. He says, she didn't have a fart, whatever the fuck. Fart, <laughs> whatever the fuck, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that line. <laughs> and, you know, there was so something about the writing in this, man. It's so just kind of middle America, man. Like, you have Janice coming in, and all she showed up for, as Tony says, is to prick Pick the fi- the, the I had a fork, whatever the fuck. <laughs> She's in here to pick the freaking bones and get what money it is that she finds her cut from her mother's passing. Mm-hmm. And then you get, uh, you know, Tony's trying to be nice, invites her in, but he knows it's going to cost him a lot of money because that's all she's after. And he gets so pissed off in the middle of it when they're at the cookout. You see him going out and almost like picking a fight with the guys around the grill. Uh, he wanted to fight pussy. 
<laughs> he did want to fight Bussy. That dude had he that look. He just say something. <laughs> yeah, he did. And I want to point out the uh, one portion of this episode that not many people can relate to, and that is the feeling of a CD skipping. God, dude, that was back in the day, right? Right? I was like, man, he must not have had that uh, CD player with the uh, skip adjustment in it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember back in the day? I don't, I don't know if you ever had, ever had a truck with it, but... Uh... Shit, I my no the truck before this one, uh my my Blue Ranger had a five disc changer in there, dude. Could you imagine just I'm about to go on a road trip, I'm gonna go ahead and put the five CDs that I'm gonna just gonna listen to, and I can just hit next one, next one whenever they're done. That was a game. Yeah, that that was because you know when I started driving, we all had tape decks. Taped. I had a tape deck. Yes, and then. It came out with the thing you push the tape in, and it plugged into your portable CD player. Yep. But you would start going down the road, and the motherfucker would fall back behind the seat, and you couldn't ever fucking get to it. And every bump, it didn't have cushion, so it would skip. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Bitches. That was back in the day of CD players with the uh, like the Walkmans and whatnot, dude. Hell yeah. The big big ass over the ear headphones. Yeah, you know what? I, I kind of like this. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like this episode because you really don't know where this season is going. Because you got Pussy showing back up. You got Christopher doing a, a deal off to the side with the stocks, as they call a pump and dump. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> you know, you got Matt uh, Bevilacqua. And the Sean uh, Gizamonte, those two cats are coming in and starting to, I guess, trying to work themselves into the mob. And then you got Janice's sister showing up. So I think it's a uh, all around good. It's kind of has very good writing, and it kind of leaves you not knowing what the hell this season is going to be about. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Sorry, and that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier. How it says, uh, you know, typical first episodes kind of put in that villain on in the in the first episode and we don't really get that it's basically just kind of like i said setting the table and then kind of rehashing what happened in the season finale and then also kind of filling in the blanks like he's just like it's it's the best way i can describe it is he's moving chess pieces all the way around you know and yeah to me that was that was a lot of fun like he's capping this dude and then he's having scenes with these people and it's just, you know, he's, he's really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's really, he's really making his, uh, his mark as, as the de facto boss at this point. And it has been teased up. I mean, 13 episodes now. So for him to finally be numero uno, uh, was a, a welcome change. And, you know, now we can finally stop dancing around the bush. Shout out that he's actually the boss. But one thing about this episode that I really love. Bush. I did. (laughs) Bush and pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Well. So, a lot of things to talk about on all these episodes, but the one thing I want to highlight about this episode is, is the strained relationships between all of the characters. Adriana and Chris. Strained relationship right there. I think this is the episode that he backhands her, and then she backhands him, and then she's like, (laughs) 
go to fuck home. And she's like, I'll go to fuck home. And he's like, yeah, go make me a fucking sandwich or some shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then you have Tony and Carmela who are still kind of having that strained relationship, that strange marriage. And now it's kind of, I mean, it's just, she won't even talk to him sometimes like, or kiss him. Like he went in for a kiss in this episode and she straight up gave him the cold shoulder. Yeah. She sure the fuck did. And then we have Tony and Janice. I mean, that's a new relationship, but that, I mean, that is already a strained relationship as it is because she wants to supposedly do more for, for Liv when Tony knows for a fact that she's not there for that. She just wants the money. And then we have Tony and Liv with obviously having their strained relationship because, you know, she basically tried having him killed. And then Tony and Melfi, that strained relationship. And then Tony and Pussy that relationship being strained as well. Uh, so I think that's the, the, the overall theme of the episode is just none of these, none of these relationships are, are working out right now. Yeah. I, I cannot agree with you more on that, man. It, it, uh, you know, I didn't even realize that there were so many strained relationships in one episode until you just pointed it out. Uh, you know, that's a lot, huh? That is a lot, man. That is a lot. That's a lot going on in one episode. I mean, I think that's a good point to to make is you, you say there's so much going on in this episode, but I think because of the writing, because of the acting and, and all that in the hour time frame that this episode lasts, I don't feel like it ever gets overloaded. I don't feel like it buckles under its weight or anything like that. I think the pacing is fantastic in this episode. And it's just maybe like one or two things didn't happen in the episode. Like, uh, I guess, quote unquote, excitement wise. That would maybe have pushed it over the edge. But uh, yeah, I, I gave it like an 8 out of 10, man. Oh, I gave it 10 out of 10. I, oh, loved, it. Oh. I loved it. Loved it, sir. Damn. And how about yes. that scene when uh, Pussy finally shows up to Tony when he's in the uh, when he's in the car and Tony's, you know, he has that paranoia setting in now that now he's number one. Yeah, yeah, because he's patting him down and, and... Pussy grabs his crotch. How about you pat this down? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's gonna be different. It's gonna be interesting to see where that relationship goes and all these strained relationships go uh, from here. Uh, But moving on to episode number two is titled "Do Not Resuscitate." Uh, Tony tries to settle a construction protest involving the former assets of Uncle Junior. Junior's lawyer manages to get him released from prison, though on house arrest. Pussy's true loyalties are revealed. Janice and Tony discuss the possibility of a DNR order for Livia. What'd you think about this one, sir? Dude, I fucking loved this episode. I think Junior made this episode a hundred and ten percent. This was a Junior episode on point. I do like the fact that it shows how backhanded the mob is, and you know how. You got the preacher over there trying to get his point across, but at the same time, he's taking kickbacks on the side to not protest mm-hmm. and gets no show jobs. And it just shows you how crooked, you know, just not the mob is. Everybody that is pretty much in like public setting, like we all think, you know, we that's how I feel, anyways. And then you get the whole. Junior trying to tell Tony, oh, you didn't, I didn't get played by it. You know, she had nothing, Liv had nothing to do with this. So that kind of answered the questions that 
I had in that uh, the very last season when I'm like, hey, do you think he even knew he got played? And this kind of confirms to me that he knew, but he has so much pride that he's not going to let them think that about him. So you think she he he didn't know, but he's no. He's... I I thought that last season, but this episode kind of shows me that he knows he got played. But like you told me, he's such a prideful guy that he's not going to admit it, and he's going to go down with the ship on that he was in fact the boss of the family. Okay, yeah, okay, that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, because he admits in the episode that he did not get played, and sh- she had no part in it. Uh, but. We- I still think that he got played. Like if you look at some of the acting and kind of the, the facial cues and whatnot, it like, they both look like, like, like Tony looks at him and you can just tell, like he doesn't believe that for a fucking second <laughs> that he, yeah, that he didn't get played during all that. So I will 100% die on this hill of junior, not knowing that he was getting played the whole time. And then, like you said, he, he's just too prideful. And, to, to be the boss of the family and to be played by a, a little old lady. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not going to do that. Not going to do that at all. And then I really enjoyed the seeing, cause you know, we get to see and meet who Bobby Bacala is, which now he's going to become a main character as we're going to see. But I like the fact that it, turned so almost uh, 180 man from when junior and Tony in the first season, we're having that power struggle, and Junior was being a big old douchebag about come heavier, don't come at all. And we're into this season now. The ball's in Tony's court, so now he's like raking Junior over the coals. He's like, "You're gonna be the de facto, uh, you know, the lightning rod because the FBI thinks they have the boss of the family in there, but you're only gonna be uh, earning on a subsistence level." You know, and he tells them exactly how it's gonna be, what he gets to keep, what he's not keeping. And I really enjoyed uh, the very first scene with Bobby Bacala in it, man. It's just, it's great. You could tell Tony knew he had the upper hand and he was portraying that toward Bobby. And, and, you know, Bobby's like, you know, I never had a problem with y'all. You know, I don't know why you had to treat me like this. I love that character. Uh, No future spoilers, but I do love, I do love his character. Oh yeah. That guy said to the victor may he get all the spoils. <laughs> he said, get the fuck out of here with your uh, fucking quotations book <laughs> before I shoved up your fat fucking ass. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> this is also the episode that we get the first sister's cunt. <laughs> I had that mark, sir. That is the very first episode. Our line is shown. I, I, was, after- I was wondering, because, you know, we, we reviewed the movie, the prequel movie, what, last year? when it came out in like what, October or something like that. And when he said sister's cut in that movie, I, I've been wondering if there were going to be threads between that movie and this movie that maybe we had just forgotten. Maybe because they were like minuscule details or whatnot. So when he fell in the shower, do I was, I was looking for, it. I was, I was thinking in my head about the scene where he fell in the movie in comparison to where he fell in the shower here. And I was thinking to myself, you know, are they, are they kind of, tie this together a little bit or, or what? And they didn't really do that. So I feel like that's a missed opportunity to kind of connect the two, the two properties together, the the prequel and the, the main series. But nonetheless, I mean, it, it's still amazing the, the, to finally hear sister's cunt. Is, yes. 
<laughs> and then that dude calls them the motherless fucks again. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. I, I absolutely love this episode. Here, here's the thing about both of these episodes, or all three episodes that we're, we're doing. I think each episode gets better than the last. And I think this is, while I love the first episode... I think this one is way better in terms of writing, in terms of the acting, in terms of all the scenes. Just everything comes together in this episode. The the Junior and Tony scene at the very beginning, there's so much tension there that you just you just love it because they're both just taking jabs at each other back and forth. And then you get more of the shit with uh with Janice. And then you get the intro of Bobby, who is one of my favorite characters on the show. But I mean this is kind of a reoccurring joke, I guess, because there's not many characters I don't like on the show, right? <laughs> I believe you listed all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, man, I think Junior uh, kind of made the show with some of the things that he did, uh, especially that first scene, you know, Sister's Cunt, and then Bobby kind of fills in the gaps be between those. Shout out. What? But the one thing I w- I'm curious to know is where they will take live. I mean, I, I kind of know where they take live from here. But from like a character development, uh, character arc standpoint, where they're going to take her character from here. Because, I mean, they've kind of just backed themselves into a corner, if you think about it. Because now she's this supposedly dementia patient who's in the hospital. So it's like, can we really further that character anymore? I don't think they really will past this point it's really just using her to further other characters and their plot points which is kind of interesting when you think from that from that perspective uh but i mean i still love Liv, and i love everything that she's in i love the fact that she plays the victim with everybody you know someone says something you don't love me <laughs> how'd that go again <laughs> only once sir <laughs> i'm never coming back to this house <laughs> you know that makes me wonder because they backed themselves in a corner, do you think that's what the Janice character came from? Well, you just thought, I don't know, because if you look at any TV show, when season two starts, they always introduce more characters. So I, I don't necessarily think that's a, uh, they just backed themselves into a corner. They're like, uh, well, we got to give something else. I mean, what do you think? I don't know. I've never thought of it like that until you pointed it out. She was kind of back. To, uh, they did kind of paint her into a corner. Hmm. And now the sister takes on the role of a live type character in this. That's a very good point, sir. It's a very good point. I like where your head is. Shout out. <laughs> you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an attention. <laughs> And let me ask you, do you think, given the culture and cancel culture that we're in now, would that Chinaman joke had made it into a present-day show? Wait, was when that? Yeah, this is when uh, Junior's at the doctor's office with Bobby. Oh, yeah. Okay, it is on this episode. I do have the uh, the Lincoln Cadillac joke was hilarious. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a, an admission here, sir. That is the first time that I got that joke. 
so I have sub. I, I watched this the series with subtitles on, and it has helped me tremendously in terms of picking up some of the things that they're saying. And he said it, and I was like, "Well, he said a fucking joke. I feel like I should be laughing." And I thought about it for a second. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I fucking get it." <laughs> and I, you know what? I picked up on something this time. I wonder if you did. Because later on in the in the series, we'll see this possibly something play out to this effect. But they focused a lot on that black guy in the uh, waiting room with the big glasses. I don't even remember who that was. I don't. I feel like he was an FBI informant in there to try try to overhear because they can't bug it. They can't bug the actual office. But the waiting room, oh. if they have somebody there to overhear them. So I'm curious what the law is there. Can they can they still use any of that in in court? I I don't know, but you know they met uh, Jack Masarone uh, Masarone there. I'm really impressed. That you remember all these people's names? Like that's hey. I, I'm I'm not making fun of you. Like that's fucking impressive. <laughs> yeah, considering we can watch a movie and do a review five minutes later, and I'm like, uh. God damn. William, and you're like, uh, his name was James, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, dude, I'm, I'm impressed, sir. I'm impressed. I, I mean, I have watched this this <laughs> unhealthy amount of times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Overall, I give the episode a nine out of ten. Uh, I, I really do love this episode, and I, I'm still, I, I'm like, now that I think about it, and now that I'm kind of looking for it. It aggravates me that there's not more Polly, more Sill. I mean, Chris isn't even in this episode. So, I mean, he's getting less screen time as well. So, it's just like all the other characters are just not there. But I feel like when you've watched the series throughout, you you think that they're there in every episode. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I feel like this episode, these two episodes are a must because it is building up or explaining the relationship between Tony and Junior, which is probably one of the biggest relationships in this movie besides Tony and Carmilla, and how those two affect the way he runs his crews. I, I, I think it's very necessary. I would agree, sir. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Dude, dude going, going for the fences. Going for a dub. All right, moving on to episode three, which is probably... One of the best names for an episode. Toodle fucking ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's an acceptable. <laughs> what the fuck did he call that? That was an acceptable. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I'd remember exactly what he said. But it was funny because I was like, yeah, no, that's not acceptable, sir. Nobody says that. <laughs> So after a 10-year stint in prison, Richie April, brother to the late Jackie April, is released from jail and re-enters the family business. His lack of understanding of how things work since he went to prison causes friction between him and Tony. Meadow trashes her grandmother's house, and her subsequent punishment ignites a major argument between Carmela and Janice. Dude, I fucking loved this episode. Dude, this is my oh I was like a little schoolgirl with this episode. There's 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 a lot to unpack here. So I'll I'll go first. Well, I think the whole episode is 
is amazing. I I love the opening scene, which I can relate to a lot because Tony asked the uh, she asked he asked her, you know, what were y'all doing at her house with the party and whatnot, and you know, Meadows all like it wasn't my fault, and I'm like. God damn, dude, if I haven't heard that excuse a billion times. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, when you have a kid that's getting in trouble, you always have the other kid listening in and seeing what they're getting in trouble for. And here we have fucking AJ <laughs> trying to figure out what, what she's going to get in trouble for. So Meadow gets sent to her room, and then they get on to AJ, and he wasn't even in trouble. He was just trying to be a nosy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking chased his ass up the stairs. <laughs> and all that dude, you could tell he was pissed off because all he kept saying was, in your grandmother's house. <laughs> you know, I, I love that in these three episodes, you know, uh, Tony has constantly brought up, do not bring up grandmother's name. Do not bring up her name. She's dead to me. And it's like <laughs> yeah. everybody does it to piss him off. <laughs> And it's like this reoccurring joke, you know, and it, it works every single time. And what's so funny is they've been kind of doing that for uh, now episode three. Now on this episode, uh, at the very end, Tony mentions taking care of care of his mother. And then AJ goes with the clapback of the series so far. I thought we weren't supposed to talk about grandma <laughs> and Tony's face when he looked at him was you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to tell you, sir, Richie April is probably the best character in cinema history to be the antagonist in a, in a uh, episode. Hands down. Best, best one ever. I don't know if I go that far, but uh, he, he he's definitely up there as as some of the as one of the best villains of all time. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna go that far and further. This motherfucker <laughs> says that. to the boss of New York, uh, I mean New Jersey, what's mine is not for you to give me. Dude, he has a set of balls on him. I am telling you, man. And then he, and then you you really meet him in the first. You know, he's doing yoga in the first one. You're like, well, this guy's a fucking puss you know <laughs> and then he meets christopher and he's like yeah I'm, I'm here out of respect for your friend but uh until you're married to her keep your hands in your fucking pockets yes and you're like well like the dude's then, causing friction with everybody yeah just straight up out of it uh i mean and then the very next scene you see him in the pizzeria and he meets beansy and the dude's like, get my friend a Parmesan and hurry the fuck up about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love how they, they just set him up. Like, that, that is the first scene that we see of Richie April is him walking into that pizza parlor. And it is just a great scene because you don't know who the fuck this dude is, right? And the next thing you know, he is just beating the ass of, of Beansy. And then the further the episode goes along you just realize this dude don't give a fuck. And that is what is the best thing about him. He don't, he doesn't give a shit about who he's talking to. He, he demands respect and he wants, he, he's a, a rule follower, you know, like he wants it done by the book and these things are his. And then like, like you said, this is my money and it's not yours to give me. Yes. Yes. Uh, 
And so you know, I, I we've love always, Drew. We've always talked about uh, my favorite line in the entire series falls in this episode. Okay, go ahead. Tony meets Richie at the mall. He says, I thought I told you to back the fuck off Beansy. And he says, I did. And then I went forward again. And you, that fucking made Tony pissed. <laughs> and Tony says, you know, you always talk about this old school bullshit. But listen here. I'm the motherfucking fucking one that calls the shots. Dude, I fucking love that line. That is. And just the way he delivers it, man. It, it's like, bam. And then Richie's like, okay. And he's like, yeah, okay. I'm getting the last word, bitch. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm the motherfucking fucking one that calls a shot. Dude, I'm like, God damn, dude. Why have I never said something like that before? <laughs> For real, dog. I'm like, that shows. I don't know. That was the most mafia thing I've ever seen. What? I, I will give oh. that to you. I, I think right now that is the best line. And it's not It's not the funniest line, obviously, but it is the best line. And it, it, I really enjoy Tony stepping up and being like, now, nah, you know, I have the stripes. I respected your brother. And you're going to show me the same respect that I showed him. I, I think that, you know, that's a good point that you bring up about this one line. I think there are a lot of great things, a lot of great lines in this particular episode in comparison to the uh, the two that followed it or the preceded it. I mean, we get the uh, nice pipe fitter lips. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> the the no disrespect line, dude, that fucking got me. <laughs> We get the, uh, do you remember your first blowjob? And then what was his name <laughs> from Polly? Yeah. Uh, uh, and what's so funny is well, I, we said this on some of the stuff from, from season one. You know, he'll, he'll say a joke and then he'll repeat it to Tony who is sitting right next to him. But what's yeah. so funny is, so what's so funny is later in this episode, somebody loud caps his mother <laughs> And the dude goes, what the fuck you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He likes the bus balls, but he's not good at taking a joke. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this, this is one of the funnier episodes. And it also has the tension with uh, Richie April and Tony. Dude, this is the best. I, I originally gave this episode a 9.5. I'm, I'm moving it up to a 10. Like, I fucking love this episode. This is right up there with the... I think I gave two tens in the first season. Yeah, this is as good of any episode that's ever been made with The Sopranos so far. Oh, yeah. And then you got the tension. You know, you're seeing Meadow act out. So the tension between Meadow and her parents is there. They further uh, build up on the conflict between Janice and uh, Tony and Carmela. Uh, mostly with the party, because, you know, at first, Janice is like, oh, y'all shouldn't uh, punish her. She's just uh, expressing choices. But then when she finds out that choice wrecked her plan to move into that house and freeload off of it, now it's like, you need to fucking do something. And he's over there eating the, the uh, Captain Crunch. Yes. <laughs> and he fucking slams that bowl across the table. I'm like, dude, that was a powerful scene. You know, and what I, you, you know you what gotta, I love the most have, about that? You gotta have some balls to be eating cereal and then slap it across the room, knowing you damn well you just got milk everywhere. <laughs> right. uh, and the best part, sir, is even when they shot back 
to it when Janice was talking and Carmela was like, you know what? Stay the fuck out of our business. The bowl and cereal was still on the floor. I thought that was a good touch. Oh, shit. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it was because, you know, most of the time it would be that scene and then it come back and it probably be cleaned up. But no, it was still there. It was still set up the proper way. Oh, damn. I didn't even notice that. But, you know, that's kind of like whenever you do something at your house and you're like, you motherfucker. And then you break something. You're like, now I got shit to clean up. Fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, I, 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 10 out of 10, man. Love this episode. Uh, the whole stuff with uh, Meadow. She seems very aggravating, very annoying in this episode. But I think that's just great character writing and whatnot, especially with where they're taking this character at this point. I mean, she's just a teenage girl going through a whole bunch of shit, you know. So uh, I love it. And then Carm and Tony, Carm going after Janice and telling her to mind her own fucking business. Yes, Carm. Uh, doing this this review series with you, I have I, I love Carm more now than I did in previous watches. Like she is easily top five characters for me. You know, you. I can't argue with that, man. She's never been like a front running character, but. For some odd reason, after speaking to you about this and seeing her progression, I'm like, she was a pretty powerful character that I just kind of wrote underestimated. off. Yeah. Yeah, man. She's. Yeah. And, and then we get to see, uh, I'm sorry, we get to see Barbie, Bobby Bacala again. <laughs> and Tony's like, oh, have you ever thought about eating a fucking salad? <laughs> <laughs> he said, why don't you look in the mirror, you insensitive prick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what'd you end up giving this episode, sir? Uh, 10 out of 10, sir. Uh, it has my line. It has my favorite line of the whole series. <laughs> gotta give it 10 out of 10. Yeah, I got to. And it has Richie, man. I, I would like to hear who you would put up against Richie as an antagonist for a show. So you said earlier, best villain in cinema history. So I'm I'm assuming you're including movies in that, or is it just TV series? I'll put them up against a movie. Yeah, no, no, no. Then it cannot be a Marvel character. Okay, that takes out one. It <laughs> 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 takes out one. <laughs> I mean, oh, shit, you put me on the spot. In terms of best villains of all time, just off the top of my head, not comic book related. Uh, shit. Uh, see, Richie April, I appreciate that, dog. I mean, definitely top five. Definitely top five. I, if if I'm thinking off the top of my head, I mean, in terms of if I if I'm going right now, I mean, Mask of Zorro, the the villain in that one is really really great. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of some of the best, some of my favorite movies here. Hmm. Ninja Turtles, man, you can't get any better than Super Shredder. You know what I'm saying? I can't um, argue that one. I can't, <laughs> I, you got me. You got me. You got me. <laughs> I was like, this, this, this is going to swing one of two ways. I don't know if going to swing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, he's the OG, man. I, that's all I can say. He's the OG. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> that was priceless. <laughs> uh, and I and can't I, deny I was not expecting that. 
and now and now I got you recorded saying saying it. <laughs> this guy was like those. Uh, he's just playing cards. He's like, I, uh, I guess I'm all in, and he throws down a damn full house, you know, with the lady. <laughs> I got a full boat with the ladies doing the paddling. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I, I will say he's pretty close to being number one. He, he is, man. I, you know, uh... in, in TV series, I'm thinking of, again, if we take out comic book related TV shows, if that if that's a stipulation we're going with, then yeah, he, he might be number one. And I, and I, I, you know, we really hadn't seen much of this character. What we got, maybe a little bit in the last episode, and he, he's more prevalent in this episode. But you know, they've built this character extremely well for the short time he's been in this series, and you either love him or hate him. You know, it's kind of uh, amazing how well I've never attached to a character so quickly. But is it you hate him? I, I I see. I don't think it's hate him because it's just a bad character. I think you hate him because he is such a great character. You know? Oh, like, definitely. You know, if you look at some like, I mean, you won't know what I'm talking about, but like some of the Game of Thrones characters, like Joffrey and whatnot, it's like, oh my god, dude, I can't wait for this motherfucker to die. I fucking hate him so much. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not hatred as in like like Meadow's character right now, how she's like super aggravating, and super annoying. And if you told me, dude, I, I really wish like they would just do something with that character and just she's just so fucking annoying. Like I can understand that, you know. But this one, like she's being annoying to be annoying, you know. Those those types of villains, they're just they're just so shitty, you just you love to hate them. And they're just written so well, acted so well that you truly believe that they're 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 fucking villains, and you have you can't side with them whatsoever, you know. And I, I think that's some of the best villains of all time. That's that's kind of how it is. You just you truly just hate them, but whenever they're on screen, it's like ah, fuck, I, I kind of want another scene with them, man. <laughs> like I fucking hate them, but I want another scene with them. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. Do you? It, it, it continues on with Bobby and Tony. Do you think he's just being a dick to Bobby to show Junior that, you know, yeah, I got your numbers up and I, I'm running the shit now? I think it's a combination of that and he doesn't respect Bobby. Ah. Uh, I think I think it's a combination of those two things. You know, because uh, Bobby's speaking for Junior, so, I mean, he's going to treat him just like he would he would treat Junior at this point. And then I'm just curious if, if he's been Junior's like guy since Mike Palm <clears throat> since Mike got killed, uh, Palmisi, and uh, we haven't seen Bobby at all. So I'm I'm curious to know how they why they haven't explained him not showing up. Yeah, I think there was a, a kind of a gap there between the two because you know it's like oh my right hand man is Bobby and we're like. Oh. Where the fuck was he at? <laughs> right? Uh, last time I remembered, your right-hand man got capped in the woods. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, I take care of my right-hand man. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to that, sir. 
<laughs> but yeah, man, uh, if I, I can't really remember, I man, I know how the series goes, but in terms of like, what is season two? What is season three? What is season one? I don't remember specifically. So I, I hope the season goes as well as going right now. Like it is just slowly getting better and better with each episode so far. Hopefully we don't have those, those little metal episodes like we did with season one, you know, where we dipped into like the sevens a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping we just kind of can say consistent with eights uh, throughout this entire season, which if the first three episodes are any indication of that, I, I think we are in for a very, very great season. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, there's nothing more in a show than like we, we talked about this before, uh, the walking dead was the worst uh, person to do this, but I right, say you have a storyline. You want to tell that story in say 10, 10 episodes, but you have a contract for 12. I don't want to see those two episodes that are fillers because it's, it's not good. It, it does nothing for the story. And we did have one episode last season that was like that. Yep. Yeah, I actually agree. I think uh, when you jump into like TV shows that are like 22, 23 episodes, it's like, dude, like I get it. I mean, who doesn't want more of their TV show, right? But at some point, we got to cut the filler and try to cut out the money and whatnot. Like numb that shit down to like 10, 12 episodes, maybe 13 episodes at the most. You know, one of the best things about like Stranger Things, which you don't watch, Josh, but one of the best things about that TV show is it's eight episodes. You know, there's there's no time for filler in those types of TV shows. And then, what was the uh, the 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 show you just mentioned a second ago? The Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Go back and and rewatch season one and season two. Those two seasons are fucking incredible. See, especially season two. I stand by the fact that season two is one of the best seasons of any TV series of all time. Every episode ended on a cliffhanger. It was it was tense the entire time. Now, they went up on episodes from season one to season two, but from season two to season three, I want to say they added like four more episodes to the season total, to like 16 episodes after season two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and the quality of the show just went down after that because you're just trying to stretch a story so thin at that point that it, a lot of it just becomes filler, like you said. And I was uh, reminded of that this week, man. I, I started watching Designated Designated Survivor, and it got me hooked. And then I was like ten episodes in, and I, you know, I was like, "Well, that's fucking weird. How did we not start season two? We know what happened now." And then I look, and we got twenty two, ten more episodes before the season. I'm like, "Bruh." <laughs> you know i'm like there's no way that this the story is already arced that should have been the season right there i will give one exception to a tv show that has done 20 some odd episodes actually i'll, I'll give two exceptions i'll give two exceptions to the 22 the 20 plus episode seasons one would be law and order Mainly because they're not really following a you know a designated storyline. It's kind of like a a loose loosely based storyline. You know what I'm saying? 
yeah, you, you never I seen, can agree with that. You've never seen this the series either, but Supernatural is one of those those TV series as well. And while it does have a overarching like plot for the entire season, it's basically monster of the week type episodes. So it doesn't ever feel like filler in that sense, you know, because it's always it's always interesting what what monster they're gonna bring in this week. So those are the only two shows that I would say should ever be more than 13 episodes. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. But yeah, man, I'm 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 super excited the rest of this uh rest of the season. Uh I've almost watched season four, I mean episode four, five, and six after I watched the first three episodes. I yeah, like, you know, we I pace myself, man. Yeah, we talked on the phone, uh what was it like Saturday of last week? I'm like, I'm already done. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I was you know, I was like, I'm gonna just watch one now, watch one this day, watch one this way. And I watched that first one, and I was like, No, I gotta get to the other ones now. Yeah, I watched that that third episode. I was like, God damn, man. I really want to fucking go to that next episode right now. <laughs> Hell <laughs> really yeah. Because like you said, you you told me, all right, these are the best, best fucking episodes. I was like, uh, I mean, I don't really remember what episodes these are, but I mean, uh, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> and then I watched like episode one. And I'm like, God damn, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> if I could get you to cut that piece of audio and send it to me. <laughs> I'll never say it again. <laughs> never say it again. <laughs> Since this guy blasted me with a damn super shredder earlier. <laughs> right. Highlight of my life. <laughs> well, sir, I appreciate you joining me, man. Yes, sir. I had, I had a good time with this, man. I'm excited to see the next ones. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, well, guys, uh, next week we're going to be doing episodes four, five, and six of season two of The Sopranos. So go ahead and watch those in anticipation of our review. Uh, we appreciate y'all joining us, and we'll catch y'all next week on another one. Laters. Later. Later.